Hello and welcome to the Heart Light Podcast uh, with Reverend Catherine Kent of the Divine Truth Sharing. And today we're going to talk about uh, what happens after you die. Basically, life after death. And so I'm very glad and very thankful to welcome uh, Catherine here. So, hey, hey. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, I am glad that you took the time to meet me in this podcast. And so, yeah, you've been doing a lot of research um, in life and also in your experiences and reading lots of stuff and materials and going through and analyzing. And so you have a very long journey of uh, doing your own research, as they say, D-Y-O-R. It's an important thing to do. So... This is actually why you are on this podcast, because I believe you have experiences and you also have uh, things thought through, which is very important. And many people are right now searching for spiritual truth and about themselves, about life and in general. So I think we have some answers uh, to many of those curing minds and people. So, yeah, let's let's begin. Basically, life after death. What happens when you die? So this is something like uh, many people in the world don't give uh, much thought about. Uh, but uh, I think the thing is that maybe they have some interest in it, but they just don't know where to find any information on that. like uh, Or who is going to tell the truth about those things? Because there is so much various and different information online and everywhere. So it's sometimes very hard to discern the truth about those matters. So um, basically, if you would tell a little bit about your, uh, your experiences and background and uh, what are your thoughts on what happens after you die? Well, thank you, Arto. I really appreciate that. To me, this is one of the most important questions that we can possibly address while we're here on planet Earth. And it's so understandable that people don't look at it. There are lots of reasons people don't look at it. One of them is uh, they're afraid. Uh, another would be people think it's impossible to know. They really believe it's unknowable. And as you said, of course, there's all kinds of information available, but how do we know what is true and what is false? So it is a big challenge. But I believe that this is a challenge that I was expressly born to address. Um, I came in really and truly seeking God from the very beginning. And I know that because of things that I've even learned about myself from my parents. Just briefly, for example, my mother, who had four children, if she wanted to go to church by herself for some contemplative time without children, she would have to sneak out of the house, or I would insist she take me with her as young as 18 months. So not even two years of old age. Um, I, I've always loved God. And the other thing that I've always had is a constant driven soul, just absolutely driven to run to God. Um, again, I have my own memories from very young childhood of seeking God. So it has been a mission that I have been on fire for, for four, five, six, going on six decades at this point. So when I 
really got serious about it, which was probably about 30 years ago, I was led down many different paths. And I believe that's intentional by God through my prayers that I was led down so many different paths before I found the highest path available to us. And I think the reason why it took me so long to find the highest path currently available is because God wanted me to have a broad understanding of all the information that is available so that I could relate to all the various seekers of the world. So I've studied all the major world religions, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, Islam. Um, I've even read the Quran in two versions, Shia and Sunni. So I, I really have done the deep dive. And then, of course, there's the New Age movements, the New Thought movements, uh, Wiccan and so on, the pagans, you name it, I've studied it. So uh, about well, six years or so ago, I finally hit on what I genuinely believe is the highest and most pure information that we have available to us on planet Earth at this time. And it came through a, a single medium named James Edward Paget about 100 years ago. So I just wanted to give the little background there so that people would understand why I believe this is true. So having done all the searching in all the searching that I did, it didn't matter where I was looking, I would always pray through it and come into my soul to get, did it have that soul ring of truth? I was looking for the soul ring of truth, and I wasn't looking for it from my mind. I was looking for it from my heart and soul, deep in connection with our Heavenly Father in prayer. Or if you want to call God Mother, that's fine too. God doesn't have a gender. Um, but... Each time I looked, I found an intermingling of truth and falsehood. Everywhere I looked, I would say, oh, this has the ring of truth. And then I would smack into something that didn't. So I couldn't find any pure truth in any of the major religions. Then finally, when I found the pageant messages, it rocked my world. I mean completely. I felt like my whole life had been cut up into a bowl, every sentence, its own little piece of paper, and just thrown up in the air or turned upside down. I mean, it just threw out everything I thought I knew. But then what happened was a giant sigh of relief. Ah, oh, got it. <laughs> and I just felt like, well, I don't know why it took me so long, but praise God, I finally found it. Hallelujah. So I went and deep, deep, deep dived on these messages. I read them over and over and over again. And there are multiple editions of the messages. The messages have been kept pure. But when I say they are, there are different editions because we have print medium now. Uh, some people chose to put them in chronological order. Some people chose to put them in order by topic. Some people chose to take out personal details that were shared with the medium. Some people chose to leave those in. I read them all because I didn't want a single stone to be left unturned. So I've read all these messages multiple times. And then once I felt like the knowledge that was in there uh, was locked in good, 
Then I allowed myself to branch out a little bit and explore what other mediums were saying. And I was very, very careful. I took three years before I did that. I'm, I did not want to mess around with, I finally found the truth. I did not want to mess around with intermingling it with falsehood. So I took a long time to uh, legitimize James Edward Paget's mediumship for myself. Because my first thought was, well, I don't want a pretty story. I want the truth. So unless it's true, I don't care what this guy has to say. So I had to research James Edward Paget first and become convinced that he was a true and respectable and credible medium. And then once I did that, I didn't want to look at anyone else for three solid years. But then after that, when the truth sunk in my soul, then I felt secure enough in the truth that I could explore out and I felt safe reading messages that came through other mediums because I felt that I was capable at that point of discerning truth from falsehood on a finer tuned level than I had been previously. So I want to give you a moment to jump in, but I just wanted to give that background before I actually answer the question, because I think it's really important, again, that we understand where our information comes from and why we should believe it, because anyone can weave a beautiful story, and that's not what we're looking for. The truth is there. If you jump off a building, you will go splat. There are laws that are objective and not subjective, and that's what I'm after. So I wanted to just lay that groundwork, but I want to give you a chance to jump in before I continue with actually answering the question. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's very important to like find the solid foundation that is trustworthy and that is you know where you can stand on. Uh, many uh, people, like let's say Christians, they stand on the Bible as the word of God, or at least the revelations of God and so forth, although it contains various information. At some point I was like thinking, okay, I need to have something that I can really understand and, and stand on. So I think that was maybe one of the reasons I was also looking for the messages uh, from Jesus online uh, back in the days. Uh, to just really understand and find out uh, what Jesus' message was all about. What is this new birth? What is the core message? What is the salvation? How to avoid hells and other stuff like that? So, And what happens after death? So I wanted to be sure and to be convinced. Uh, I didn't need the opinions of people. I wanted the truth from Jesus. So, Amen. Yeah, and that's what I found from the Paget messages. And uh, I also am convinced after many years of uh, also thinking things through, processing, analyzing, comparing, I came to a complete conclusion that these are truthful messages. So I believe we can rely on those also regarding uh, what happens after we die or leave this physical body and we go into the world of spirit or the spirit world. So... Would you like to elaborate on that? Yes, I would. And and first, I want to say too, Arto, that I know just from knowing you that you've not only thought these things through in your mind, but you've prayed for divine love in your soul, and your soul has been developed. And we know that that is the primary message, mm -hmm. which is just pray to God to be developed as his true child, and he will transform your soul gradually. And as our souls are transformed, we gain soul perceptions, which help us discern truth as well. Mm -hmm. So importantly, in terms of what happens when we die, what happens when we die is we reap the full expression 
of the lessons that we either learned or failed to learn here on earth. That's the long and short of it. So I want to just, before I go into more detail about what happens when we die, I want to express that why I am personally so passionate about my ministry of divine truth sharing and getting this information out into the world is because our experience here on earth is the shortest experience of our soul's existence, but it's the single most important because this is the only opportunity we have to learn how to love where all levels of soul development are intermingled on the same plane of existence. So we can learn not only from our own experience, but also from observation and witnessing others. And the sun shines equally on the good and the wicked here on earth, but that does not happen in the spirit world. And I'm going to throw a curveball in here, and it will be too much for us to address today, but maybe it's something you could address on another podcast. Very important for people to understand before I tell you what happens in the spirit world, you only live on planet earth once. The belief in reincarnation is a myth. And that is, I know, going to set a lot of people wrong, you know, off wrong, or they're going to feel very uncomfortable with that because many, many people have accepted reincarnation. Yes, we have past life memories. I personally have past life memories. I have very vivid past life memories. What I've learned is they're not my lives. They're the past lives of other spirits who have come and imprinted on me. So yes, past life memories are real, but no, they are not your memories. You only live once. And the reason that's so important is because God has given planet Earth and our experience as mortals as the one opportunity for us to play and learn in the laboratory of life. Let's experiment. What happens when I smile? Oh, look, when I smile, you smile too. What happens when I cry? Oh, when I cry, maybe you cry. What happens if I throw a stone? Something breaks, right? So these are the kinds of very simple but critical lessons that we're supposed to learn here on earth. All right, so now we're going to flash forward. We've been here on earth. Everybody should have learned right from wrong. Don't steal, don't kill, don't lie, don't cheat, and so on, right? Do love, do be kind, do share, right? We all know, and we know in our hearts and souls what feels better and doesn't and so on, What where we should move. And it's really what supports life and what makes life drain from us. So we cross into spirit. Well, if you're generally speaking a relatively fine human being, when you cross into spirit, you go initially into a relatively soft landing space. It might be someplace calm and pleasant that is familiar to you. It could be a meadow with flowers, or it could just be a nice, peaceful, uh, cool area of, of space where you're going to meet with loved ones or friends or your guardian angel, their spirit guides. Or, in other words, benevolent beings who are going to greet you and welcome you home to your real life, because real life doesn't actually begin until we are birthed into the spirit realm. Uh, This is like the last embryo stage. But anyway, um, however, 
once you become acclimated to the fact that you have died and your mortal coil has dropped, you may or may not stay in a place as pleasant as where you first landed. Because every soul is divvied up to a sphere and to a locale within that sphere that is perfectly suited to your current soul development. And if that's a terrible, ugly place, which could be dark, barren, rocky, uh, smell bad, right? Um, dark? Dark, yeah. Um, you might think that that was a punishment. It is not a punishment. God doesn't judge or punish. You have eternity. Every soul will eventually reach a beautiful place, no matter what, because God loves all of us, but he allows us to grow at our own pace based on our own free will. So when we are placed in these dark places or these barren places or these dim places or twilight places, it's it's where we're most acclimated. It's where we're actually going to be the most comfortable, believe it or not, because when we drop our mortal coil, we no longer have the mortal five senses. We only have our spirit, our soul senses and our spirit body. And if we have not developed our soul while here on earth, we may not be able to see or hear when we initially cross over. And that could be very scary, right? Um, we won't know where we are. We, you, you have to have these things developed at least a little bit before you cross over or it takes more time. So if you were to go into a very bright place and you weren't acclimated to it, it would be very similar to miners who get stuck underground they have to come up blindfolded and be introduced to the light very gradually or it will be excruciatingly painful for them. So it's actually a kindness that we cross over into a space that's acclimated to us. But if we have a different idea of what we're going to experience, we may be disappointed. So for example, it's really common for people who are Christian and I was raised Catholic, by the way, but for people who are Christian, who believe in the blood atonement of Jesus, they believe if they've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, when they cross into the world of spirit, they will immediately be transported to heaven. Well, if they haven't prayed directly to God from their souls and really developed a soul relationship, soul to soul between their own soul and God's soul through prayer throughout their lives, if they haven't leaned on God heavily to help them learn and grow during their earth life, they'll probably find themselves crossing into the earth sphere, which is where most people cross over. And it's very, very similar to earth. So it won't be a shock to the system. It'll be familiar, but it'll be like earth on a cloudy day. So it's a bit dim. It's not sunny. Um, but gee, it's not heaven. They're not seeing Jesus. So they're a little disappointed. And it takes time for them to acclimate and figure out now what? Yeah. So I just want to give you a chance to jump in because I could keep going. As you know, there's lots of information. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about. And 
it's very interesting to listen to you actually and uh, so I'm enjoying um, by the way regarding the location where people go after their physical body drops off and where they are placed into uh, well as I understand it's by design and by law it's because of the harmony to be enabled for everybody so it is actually just um, because even though it maybe sometimes doesn't seem just to us because if we know some other person who seems like wonderful beautiful great person and then after that person goes to the spirit world he goes to some uh, maybe a little bit darker place and we wonder hey what is that why did god send this person to hell or some other question like that so it's actually we don't know what is the true real soul condition of that person what are uh, this person's real mindset uh, what is he or she really like when in private what are her, uh, his or her uh, thoughts attitudes um, how much uh, real communication this person has with God or how much purity or, or light that person really has so it all comes down to actual truthful person's soul condition and that determines the place. So the thing is that, of course, we can already work on our condition. So it's uh, changeable. Uh, so we can prepare and we can go to a better place. So there's, there will be less disappointment, so to speak. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so much easier to do that here, Arthur, mm. than it is in the spirit realm. Because here, again, we are all intermingled and the sun is shining and it's beautiful and there are trees and there are flowers and butterflies and ha smiling happy people and when we cross over if we were to go to a darker place we would be stuck with souls who are only precisely at the same level we are and if you're low if you're even below the earth sphere because yes there are levels below the earth sphere for people who commit heinous crimes then you are stuck with only souls just like yourself and while yes progression is always possible it's a lot more challenging when you're in a dark place and i'm so glad that you mentioned thoughts because it's very important for people to understand that your thoughts are creating at the soul level even if you don't take action on them I personally am well acquainted with even some very close friends who find it somewhat entertaining if someone does something that they consider to be a wrong to them, that they will think in their minds evil schemes and terrible things to happen to this person. Mm. They now will never take action on it. But they think it's perfectly safe for them to be thinking these thoughts because they know they'll never take action on it. But what they don't realize is those thoughts are imprinting on their own soul. So the thoughts are harming the thinker. Now, if there's a lot of passion, say there's a lot of hatred behind the thought, then the thought can actually expand beyond that person and can go out into the realms of creativity and cause a resultant harm to someone outside that soul. So we surely don't want that to happen. But even if you're just doing it as some kind of a mindless, really frankly misguided form of entertainment, you are harming yourself because you are putting that wickedness on your own soul 
You will be held accountable for that. We will be held accountable for every thought, word, and deed. Unless, what? Unless we pray for divine love and ask God to open our souls for the inflowing of the very essence of his own being. And that's the highest truth that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that is new, that I never read about in the Bible or any of the other holy works. It is the original truth that Jesus came to teach, and it's what he was referring to when he said, you will be born again and the kingdom of God is within you. But the particulars of that truth were lost because the writers of the Bible, and the Bible didn't even begin to be written until 70 years after Jesus's death, and they focused primarily on his moral teachings. They lost the kernel truth that he came to teach, which was that we are all born in the image of God. Our souls are born pure in the image of God, but they have the potential to become the very essence of God, to become at one with God, A-T-O-N-E, atone, at one meant, atonement. And that's precisely what happened to Jesus. Jesus was born as a human being, now, he didn't have soul encrustations from prior generations like most of us do, so he was born with his purity intact, which gave him a leg up, and of course he was born with a genuine longing for God. But through his prayers to God, he connected soul to soul with God, and then that's how his soul was developed into at one with God and how he became Christed. And this is what he meant when he said, these things I have done, you can do as well, because then he was able to perform miracles and so on and so forth. Um, so Jesus is the savior in that he came to show us the way to salvation. He is not the savior in that he did not die for our sins. First of all, the crucifixion was just a murder. God doesn't believe in murdering anybody, so it certainly wasn't his plan to kill his most beautiful, perfect son. <laughs> that wasn't his plan. And Jesus dying is not going to save you and I from our bad choices either. So our sins are on us, and the sooner we take ownership of our soul development, the faster we pray to God and ask God to help us learn and grow, the more he will send us his love, as well as the support of his angels, his high, holy, loving spirits, and other guides. As much as we can ask for and receive, God will send. He is generous beyond measure. We are the gatekeepers to our soul, not God. He will flood our souls if we'll let him. And the more we can do here on earth, the better we'll land when we hit the other side. Yeah. All right. So uh, it's about taking care of our souls and taking the responsibility for our lives and our attitudes, our uh, actions and everything. So this is very important. Also including, as you said, uh, regarding our thoughts and uh, what we think of others and ourselves. Do we have dark, unloving thoughts or do we have uh, lighted, uh, beautiful, loving thoughts? So it plays a very big role in um, what your outcome, so to speak, will be. And uh, overall, I can say that if you think uh, 
or at least try to think and put effort into thinking beautiful and good thoughts and uh, exercising, training your loving attitudes. This will help you progress. And um, here is uh, what you mentioned, this essence of uh, God, the divine love that is freely available to everyone. Uh, just prayer away, everybody can ask this and God will fill us if we ask him to. This actually gives us the power to live a life of love. And it's the power to get rid of all of this uh, sin and darkness and sufferings and bad conditions in us. So this was the central teaching of Jesus and Jesus was exemplifying this and taught us the way how we can live in the same way, like being pure. Or at least if we are, let's say, dirty or broken or dark or like or, or struggling with uh, evil intentions or other stuff, then there is a way out. And the way out is simple. It's easy in that sense that we just need to become filled with God's divine love. And that does its work. It cleanses us. It transforms us. It gives us inner light that grows and it helps us to deal with those various dark conditions, situations, thoughts, thought patterns and other stuff. So and it will provide us the way into the paradise, so to speak, and into those uh, heavens where actually only those who get this love can go into. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. And it's just, as you said, it's the law of attraction. And the good news is, too, as we know, it has ripple effects right here and now. So as quickly as we can shift our consciousness from darkness to light, we can start shifting our experiences and that ripples out to everyone whom we meet and even out into the atmosphere that we can't see because we're all co-creating this experience here on earth right now. And the more of us that can turn the other cheek, so to speak, as, as Jesus said, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In other words, don't even see an enemy, see a sister, see a brother. And when you were talking about sin and darkness, I was thinking to myself, yes, uh, but if we, if we haven't killed anyone or raped anyone or stolen, or you can still be completely lost. I can tell you, I feel like I was lost for decades. And I started this podcast by telling you I came in loving God and I had a prayer life from childhood. And that's also true. How could I have still been lost? Because it's so confusing here on planet Earth. It truly is. And frankly, a lot of sin and error, if you will. Sin just means missing the mark, right? And as you said, Arthur, uh, the mark is harmony. That's the mark. God designed his whole creation to be one song, the universe, one song, and it's supposed to sing in perfect harmony. So the mark is harmony. So sin is disharmony or discord and missing the mark. So we can sin and we can have errors, but sometimes you're just confused. And here in the Western world, we have normalized a lot of discord and disharmony. So when you're born into this structure, this social and political and societal structure that we're born into, you look around and darkness is normalized. So 
it can be very hard to even know what is harmony supposed to look like. What is sin? You think you know, you may not know. So as you were saying, yes, just kind and loving and positive thoughts. And it's so important that we are as kind and as loving to ourselves as we are to others, because we are the one soul over whom we have free will choice. We are the only soul over whom we have free will choice. So if we come to a place of perfect purity, even if it's just natural love and not divine love, and we stop creating sin and error, even just within ourselves, we have brought the harmony into our tiny little place on earth. And that's the role that we are each of us meant to play. Just come and sing your own song. Come and harmonize to your own loving, beautiful tune and give that expression of yourself out into the world and the world will be a brighter, more beautiful place. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So... It's about choosing your side and it's about learning. It's about progressing in life, going more towards light and higher things. So that matters. So yeah, more and more if, if we start to see what is bad for us, what is um, what are the bad choices, what have like unloving or destructive consequences, we need to learn from uh, avoiding those things uh, because... It's avoidable, basically, and we need to take the responsibility for our lives and actions, as I already said. So this is where it all starts. And um, and if we want to see progress, then um, for a better world and for happier lives that we can live together, then uh, we can all do something about it. So this is what I suggest everybody to uh, to do and to maybe look more within and put in more work on yourself regarding those matters, matters of the soul. Yeah, of course, the other thing is to work on your mindset, also very important. But yeah, I'm just encouraging to do this, even though even if you are already doing it, I am congratulating on you on that already. So dear listener, thank you for doing this already. But uh, yeah, there's much more to, to go to. But uh, about those um, experiences, um, you said that not all people go into those beautiful places, although many do, actually. That's also good news. So um, about those uh, other experiences, like near-death experiences, are they somewhat similar to like the real death, what happens, or are they somewhat different? And also maybe if you like do some ayahuasca or some other like trans stuff or something, you see visions and they're not exactly the same, or, or are they? Great question. Yes, thank you. Uh, they have commonalities and differences. The most important thing to realize is that everything that we experience while we are yet mortal, which includes ayahuasca and near-death experiences and other astral travel or whatever, you know, um, transcendental meditation, whatever experiences you can have as long as that silver cord hasn't been cut and you come back into your body it's still your one mortal life and every experience that we have in our mortal existence is perfectly designed to call us home to god 
as strongly and powerfully as we can possibly hear. And so those experiences are very unique and they are designed expressly for that soul in that moment. They are not the same as when you cross over. They are designed to get you to the next step closer to God. They are designed to get you to the next step closer to truth, whatever that may be. And many of these near-death experiences are very positive and they cause people to uh, no longer be afraid. They cause people to believe that life is good and God is good and there is an afterlife. And so they turn their lives um maybe just by a few degrees, because that's all that was required for them. Uh, but then you have people like Howard Storm, who is just wonderful and has a fabulous near-death experience that he's shared online. And he needed a radical hard turn because he was really going down a dark path and didn't know it as an not only was he an atheist, but he was very antagonistic to believers. So, and there's lots of people like that. And I understand, I really and truly do understand because they think it's a fairy tale. If they can't measure it with the five senses, they're just not in touch with their souls. But so in Howard's case, his near-death experience was very dark and it caused him to make a radical transformation of his life. But here's what I want people to understand, and I'm not trying to scare anyone. I am trying to cause everyone to take as much responsibility as they can and tell you this, even if you have a beautiful near-death experience, you still might cross into some darkness. That doesn't mean you're going to go into the deepest hells, but you may not land quite as well as you think any more than these devout Christians who go to church every Sunday and believe that Jesus has saved them, but don't actually pray from the depths of their souls and don't actually allow God to help them learn and grow. They're a little surprised to find themselves, and, and it's funny because they always use the same, the same term, some darkness. Like that's what they call it, some darkness. So it's not like total darkness, right? Um, they're not completely miserable, but they're not as happy as they thought they would be. So I'm just trying to encourage everyone, as Arthur was saying, to really take responsibility and do as much as you can. And if you're like I was and you're just confused about right, I mean, you would think some right and wrong is obvious, but not all of it. Like I said, with so many things are normalized in our culture that are really discordant and disharmonious. I like to think of it this way. Is it life-giving? or life draining. So whatever it is that I'm trying to figure out, which direction do I move? I always want to move in the direction that supports life because God always supports life. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, uh, we are talking about God supports life. God is ready and willing to help us and he's freely offering his divine love into us to save us from like those evils and darkness and the bad condition of our souls. Um, so many people don't have actually that uh, understanding of God. And many people are actually, because of that reason, avoiding God because they have a wrong understanding or like a wrong picture of him. And uh, 
and I get them. I understand. As you mentioned, those atheists, uh, what they don't want and what people do not want is tyranny. Nobody wants to be forced to do anything or bullied around or or commanded around or something like that. That you need to do that or this or or else. So nobody wants tyrannical regimes. And so um, unfortunately, many people have a picture of God being like a tyrant who says that you can do this, but you cannot do this or else. And something like that. There's nothing about God helping us. It's like you need to figure it out on your own and you need to like fight for your, I don't know, fight for your, fight your fight (laughs) basically alone. And God is just like there looking down like, I'm not pleased with you. How could you? How dare you? And something like other stuff. So it's, it's like how we envision God, how we see him. Um, So (laughs) it's like, uh, this is why it's important to have truth. This is why it's important to not live in lies, because if you live in lies, you imagine that God is some kind of tyrant who is against you. Well, while actually the truth is that God is for you, he's, he's on your side, he's on the side of good, on the light, on the love and everything. So, And he's not forcing anybody, he gives us a free will choice and we can carve out our own destinies. But God is interested in beautiful destinies. He wants us to be happy, even supremely happy. And his divine love is actually given to us uh, freely so that we can get into that supreme happiness and harmony. So God wants only the best for us, actually. And this is the truth. So no more avoiding God. (laughs) So why should you? (laughs) Um, Yeah, absolutely. I am so thrilled that you brought that up because you are absolutely right. People think of God as a judge. Um, They think of him as a tyrant. And his biggest gift, besides his love for us and the fact that he did create our souls pure and perfect, is he's given us free will. And I'll tell you what, anybody who imposes their will on someone else, impedes the will of somebody else, they are disharmonious. If God's not going to force us, nobody should force anybody to do anything. Um, God has given us free will, but we can make our choices, but we don't get to choose the consequences, right? So as you were saying earlier, there are laws in place. And just like there are physical laws, like the law of gravity, uh, and then the law of aerodynamics, which is a higher law, and it super, you know, supersedes the law of gravity, so too there are spiritual laws of lower and higher order. And for example, there's something called the law of compensation, which is really, I think, easier to think of as the law of cause and effect. If I do something discordant, then I will suffer a discordant outcome. It's not a punishment. It's just an effect. It's a cause and effect. But the higher law above that is the law of divine love. And that says that if we choose to invite God into our souls and say, God, I want to become at one with you. I want to be like you. Please help me to grow and develop and live a life that's pleasing to you. I invite you in, or as Jesus did, I surrender my will to you. Not my will, but your will for me be done in me. Then we are given all kinds of help. But even if we choose what we know to be called now the natural love path and we go it alone, 
we are still going to find a beautiful place ultimately, but it may take us centuries or in some case, thousands of years to get there by just learning cause and effect. When I do good, I receive good. When I do harm, I receive harm. We each are allowed to learn and grow at our own pace. And God doesn't judge us because, frankly, he doesn't care. And I know that sounds bad, but it's not bad. He doesn't care only because he knows that we all have eternity. And eventually, you're going to get to a beautiful place and you'll have eternity. So from his perspective of eternity, even if you go through hell for a thousand years, it's still just like ripping a Band-Aid off. It's a blink in time compared to eternity. So that's why he doesn't fret over us and allows us to develop at our own pace. But this is why you and I, Arthur, are teaming up to get this word out because we are passionate because we don't want anyone to suffer. Because we don't, yeah, we don't have God's eternal perspective. We have the ouch, this hurts perspective, Mm. and I don't want anyone else to go through pain. So please, please, please avoid your pain and start now. Just pray to God like a little child and ask for help, and you will receive it. Yeah. I was also thinking of how to pray. One more sentence you can use is from your heart to pray is, Heavenly Father, please help me to get into harmony with you, to get rid of the disharmonies uh, from myself, and so all of the dark stuff out, and all the light in. It's actually about replacing the disharmony with harmony. And it's good because if you get rid of those things, these are like valueless anyway. So you don't want those things into your life. It's meaning like you don't want sin or darkness or depression and stuff like this into your life. And God is ready and willing to help you. So he can change your interior, your soul condition by the power of his love flowing into you. So you just need to like ask him and this water of life flows into you to wash the stuff away, which is not valuable. So (laughs) you are only going to lose the bad stuff with the help of God, not the good stuff. You will get to a greater good stuff because he has a lot to give to you. And actually, when we mentioned the laws, uh, I I want to say here that the law of love is the highest law that exists in the universe. So this means love is the highest and strongest and most powerful force in the universe. And when I talk about love, I mean God's love, which is above the human love, which is just a created love given to us. But uh, yeah, so this means in the end, all good. Everything will go towards harmony with his laws of love and beauty. So in that sense, in the longer term, there is nothing really to be afraid of. Because even though we may go through dark times and sufferings and traumas and whatnot, and fears and worries and so forth, we will all overcome those uh, step by step sooner or later. It just may take some more steps and more uh, struggles for one person and for other, it may go much easier. So don't give up. Uh, It's all worth it. So love is worth it. Absolutely. I have just one more thing Mm -hmm. I want to add to that, Arthur. When you do start surrendering to God in even the smallest way, what we learn is the truths about our soul condition start to get revealed to us. And I have learned that God is very, very gentle. He's much gentler than we are. Um, 
He treats us like little baby infants and he will just float into our consciousness one tiny little thing that needs to change about ourselves, a little dark spot we had, a little blind spot we didn't realize. And he is so gentle. And usually when this revelation comes, it can feel very humiliating or embarrassing because, oh, I didn't realize I had that little dark spot there. But God does it in private. He doesn't try to embarrass us or shame us in Mm -hmm. front of our friends. He is happy to have us learn all these things in private. That's why he wants you to go to him in prayer in your private prayer closet, because it is there that he will reveal to you the secrets of your soul and enable you to grow through them so that you can actually save face. And you want to do that because when you cross into the world of spirit, another truth about that is no more lies. You can't hide. Your soul condition is instantly evident to everyone because it is um, reflected in your spirit body, which is a direct imprint from your soul condition. So if your soul condition is dark, your spirit body is dark, and everybody knows it. So there is no hiding on the other side. So that's another incentive to, like Arto said, let the bad stuff roll off now and bring on the good. And God has so much more good in store for us than we can possibly know even the whole life here on earth. Eye has not seen nor ear hath heard what he has ready for those who love him on the other side. So, uh, yeah, never too late to start either. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, you mentioned uh, submitting yourself to God. Well, this is also another thing that it's not coming very easily for people uh, because it's like, okay, what's going to happen to me when I submit? Uh, Can I make choices about my life? Can I still do the things that interest me or what are what I enjoy, like, like I don't know, dancing, going shopping, whatever. It's like, uh, oh, I need to do God's will, and God's going to like uh, say, okay, now you today you do this, and tomorrow you do this, and you cannot, you don't have any more choice now. No, that's not what happens. Um, we still always will retain the free will. He always, God always respects our free will, but it's going to be something like a type of like a cooperation. And this submission is based on love and trust. It's like, uh, well, Father, what do you suggest uh, me to do today? Or or whom should I contact for like um, for the best day today? Or something like that. And then he starts guiding and showing or maybe some telephone rings and this uh, another, another person calls and you will get some opportunities and stuff. So like wonderful stuff is going to happen when you ask for God's guidance. It's not like uh, in a tyrant way, as I already said. It's very pleasant, it's very harmonious, it's very enjoyable, and it's not like you're going to lose um, your freedom. You're not, don't be afraid of losing your freedom. I had this uh, thought of fear, basically, of losing my freedom, but um, I had a wrong mindset (laughs) back in the days. (laughs) So when I, uh, actually, I I need to mention this right here. I think it may have been like five years ago or something like that. I was uh, speaking to God from my heart, praying when walking outside. And I was asking like, okay, uh, Heavenly Father, what is your will? What do you want from me? What do you want for my life? What is your will for me? Like something like that. What do you want me to do with my life? Like what should my hobbies be? And who should my partner be? And whatnot and job and whatever. Having an idea like... He has a like specific plan, like with 
all the minute details for my life and it's going to need it to be done like he's going to say. So I was expecting something like that. And when what came to me <laughs> in the form of soul-to-soul communication, I sensed a question and the question was, but Arto, what do you want? <laughs> and this completely blew my mind. I was like, what? Really? Really? You're asking me what do I want? And then I was like, wait, I don't actually completely know what I want, so <laughs> I need to figure it out. <laughs> and wow, by the way, I'm set free. I can choose. I can choose. I'm free. So it's, it's, it's incredible. I'm not being uh, going to be like commanded around or something like that, that I, what I expected. So it was a real revelation of love and I feel like, oh, and it closened me to God, really, very much. And I felt like, wow, that's that's just amazing. <laughs> I didn't know about that attitude. <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. I'm so glad you shared that, Art, though. I had the exact same wow. experience. I really did. You know, he will never take away our free choice. He gave us, when he created us, he gave us each our own unique gifts. Um, but he just wants us to play with what we've been given. The only thing that we need to do to follow God's will is to create in harmony with his laws and his love. It's really that simple. In terms of what kind of music we play with our lives and our gifts, he says, just go for it. That's, That's the whole concept behind free will. He loves creativity and God loves diversity. I mean, I think, I can't remember, but, you know, there are countless just beetles in the world. There's every different kind of beetle. There's every different kind of tree. There's every different kind of... God love, 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 loves diversity, and he's made each one of us unique, and he wants us to go be our unique self. The only thing he's asked is that we don't hurt ourselves in the process, and by hurting ourselves or hurting others. And so we just need to be in harmony with God's love and God's laws, which are all loving, all life-giving, all life-supporting. And there, you know, he will give us options, like you were saying, Artho, but then we get to choose. And sometimes I don't even get an option. I, I just get like, hey, yeah, you're on your own today. You know, you're not a toddler anymore. Go for whatever you want to do today. And I discover that that freedom could sometimes be a little bit daunting. <laughs> um, but I'm learning. That's amazing. Uh yeah, right now I'm feeling also something in my soul, like, um, I don't know, like a step forward or some expansion or some very sweet f- sensation going on in my in my heart region, in my soul. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I could I could go on talking about this um, love and, and God and, and goodness and beautiful things uh, the whole day with you. <laughs> But I, but I yeah. think we need to um, get to some uh, final thoughts here on the podcast. Uh, at some time, I will have you on again so we can discuss more. Yeah, sure. But there's one more thing that uh, I actually oh, actually two more things. Um, one thing is about uh, the judgment, and God, you said God is not the judge, so. Are we the judges then? And what about the day of judgment? Because many people think that there will be no, like, uh, well, when people die, they just go to sleep or they just don't see or hear anything until the day of judgment. What about that? 
Oh, gosh, that is so important. I'm so glad that you brought that up because one thing that can happen, and it doesn't happen in every case, again, everybody's experience is unique, just like our experience here on Earth is unique. But if you have a very powerful belief that you will go into a deep sleep until the judgment day when you cross over, that actually might happen. And it could take as many as hundreds of years for your soul to wake up just because you believed you were going to cross into a sleep, um, even though that's not the truth. This is why, as you mentioned, it's so critical for us to know the truth because we are creating to some degree our experience by our beliefs, just like some atheists, not all atheists, but some atheists, when they cross into spirit, will have also a, a deep sleep because they don't believe there, that anything exists. So they will cease to exist until somehow their soul wakes up and angels and, and spirits watch over you and try desperately to wake you up. But it can take a very, very, very long time. Um, in terms of the judgment, we are actually judged by our own conscience. So we all have a conscience, even if we have brain damage here. Um, you have a conscience, and in, insofar as you are able to actually know right from wrong, your memories are perfectly restored when you cross into spirit, even if you had brain damage or Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, when you cross into spirit, your memories are perfectly restored and you will eventually replay through your memories with a clear understanding of the impact and the harmony or disharmony of every thought, word, and deed you ever had. Um, that is true for everyone on the natural love path, which is the default path. That is to say, if you don't give God any thought, uh, or even if you believe in God, but it's only in your mind and you don't develop a soul relationship with God through prayer, or even if you're just repeating prayers from your mind and never really praying from your soul, you're going to be on the natural love path when you first cross over and you are going to eventually become aware of everything you did and the outlying ripple effects of every single thought, word, and deed you ever had. But interestingly, that doesn't even happen at the same rate for everybody. It's every soul gets to choose. Some souls just stay asleep not technically asleep, they stay um, uh, spiritually asleep. So they're consciously aware on the other side. But let's say you're very evil. Let's say you're a person who fell into extreme evil and you liked hurting people for whatever reason, you're sadistic. You became attracted to sadism. When you cross into spirit, you're just going to continue being a sadist for a long time. You're going to be in a very dark place where you can't, you cannot reach anyone who is above you. Um, but you're going to be practicing your sadistic methodologies on all the other souls, and they're going to be doing the same to you. And that could go on for a very, very, very long time before you ever even have an inkling of your first conscious awareness of harmony and discord. So 
it's not even necessarily as soon as you cross over, your memories start to work on you and your your own personal judgment begins. It could take a centuries or even a thousand years before your memories even start to work on you. So that's why, again, Earth life, really important. Wake up here. Yeah. I actually was thinking uh, also about the person with whom I actually just recently talked to or actually chatted uh, in a Telegram chat. And um, she said that she's living her life based on good principles. And as I understood that she's like mostly generally a good person, but just maybe cursing sometimes and maybe some doing some other stuff. So not so bad overall, so to speak. So, of course, I cannot uh, say exactly what the outcome for that person in the spirit world would be doing all their life review and uh, judgment on herself or there are many people who think of them as good person, like, uh, yeah, everything is going to be fine with me. I'm not worried. Uh, yeah, I do curse sometimes, or I do say bad things to others, or I say to other people, or go to hell, or other stuff. But hey, I do good. I smile to people. I post beautiful and good loving posts into Facebook, and, and I send flowers, and I give money to the poor and stuff, and... Uh, and I don't uh, scream to my children, um, at least not that much. Uh, so I'm generally, I think I'm a good person and, and I'm, I think I'm going to a beautiful place. So nothing to worry about. And God is good. So yeah. And uh, maybe I don't even want to think of hells because I don't want to believe in those. So I, I, I think I'll be fine. So what do you think? What's going to be? Yeah, well, it's a great question. Well, first of all, the good news is that person's probably right. They probably will be fine, but it's not going, they're not going to go to heaven. Uh, they probably won't even cross into the second sphere. They'll probably cross into the earth sphere. Our understanding is almost everyone, a the vast majority of souls cross into the earth sphere, which is very much like earth. So it's not going to be a big shock. And the good news is the people that are really wicked, that are perpetrating terrible evil crimes will not be there because they're going to be in lower spheres. So if you can just imagine a pleasanter earth with no need for cars, so there's no need for any kind of locomotion. No need for a vehicle of any kind. You don't need trains, planes, automobiles, right? So uh, you don't need electricity. So there's nothing to mar the beauty of the landscape. You have your landscape, you have your dwellings, and you're going to be um, attracting and attracted to people who are very much like yourself. And this is a good news, bad news thing. If you have a very powerful belief, so for example, you cross over into spirit really believing in reincarnation. Well, guess what? You're going to cross into spirit with a whole bunch of other people who also really believe in reincarnation. And you guys are not going to get out of that truth for a really long time because you're completely surrounded by like-minded souls. But will you be unhappy? Probably not. You'll probably be happy. And if you find yourself in some darkness, like say you came into an overcast place, it's not deep darkness, right? But maybe, and maybe there's not like lush flower gardens, like you really were hoping for lush flower gardens. Instead, you just got some sort of sparse vegetation. Eh, 
It's not great. It's not what you had hoped for, but it's not terrible. And then you will meet up with other people and you will find ways to get into that next higher level because one of God's laws is constant evolution. We will always evolve. You will always grow. You will always learn. You can choose to stagnate for a long time if you want to, but that will be your choice. So these people, in a way, if they really don't care about going to heaven in particular, they'll enjoy the journey. Life is a journey and we get to set the location and the pace by our thoughts, words, and deeds. And as long as we understand that, we, we're going to be going to a place that we chose to go to. So we'll probably be pretty happy with it. Not everybody wants to go up and become a divine love angel. You know, some people really love thinking and they want to be hanging out with scientists who don't believe in God and that makes them happy. Well, you know what? They get to do that. And in the fourth sphere, in, in, for example, is going to be fabulous. It's going to be more like heaven than they could possibly imagine. And that's a natural love sphere. I think by the time you hit the third sphere, it's, the, it's what we would imagine as heaven. And it's so far from heaven. Like I said, we can't even imagine what's waiting for us. Yeah. They'll be okay. You know, they'll be okay, but... Are they making a conscious choice or are they just going with the default? Yeah. I think the final say, so to speak, is what do you want your destiny to be? What do you want your life outcome to be? The vision for your life? What do you want to do? Where you want to go? It's like uh, if you want to go live in a beautiful place, let's say like like beautiful California maybe or... or um, or some Philippines or those places where it's like beautiful, beautiful nature, beautiful sea, like scenery, uh, water, beautiful homes and stuff. If you imagine life in that kind of environment, and this is your goal where you want to live in a beautiful home with flowers and a big house and, uh, and pool and, and waters and lakes and whatnots. So these beautiful places in the spirit world do exist in the higher planes and spheres. And the higher you go, the more beautiful environments you will find. And uh, the more happier people there will be. So the thing is that you basically need to find out or decide where you want to go. And what I have decided for myself at least is that I want to aim for the very highest. So meaning that I want to go not to the second sphere or a third sphere where it's also very beautiful, but I want to see what really is and truly exists up out there, uh, what is really possible and reachable for me. So that's one of the reasons that I chose the divine love path of uh, receiving God's divine love into my soul to progress in soul development and reaching those very, very high spheres where otherwise I would not be able to reach. So I want to see what supreme happiness looks like and feels like. So I want to live that life and I want to be eternally happy. And this is what I want. I want perfect, beautiful, wonderful relationships and and the shared uh, shared love and and visiting each other in very beautiful environments and never having to go back to darkness or suffering in any way. So that is what I want. Yeah. Amen. I love it. So yeah, the outcome for this is just to pray for the inflowing of God's divine love into your soul and just let the God's love do the changes in you and you can go into those outcomes so 
that's what this podcast is actually about and revolving around. So, so thank you very much, Catherine, for um, giving your thoughts and opinions and the background information and everything. So if people want to find out more about you and your work, uh, where can they find you and your work? Oh, thank you, Arto. Uh, it's been such a pleasure. I so appreciate the invitation and the opportunity to talk about my absolute biggest passion. Um, I have a ministry called Divine Truth Sharing, and you can search for it online. I have Divine Truth Sharing on YouTube. I also am on all the major podcasts, Divine Truth Sharing, um, and I have a, a link tree link, which links to everything, including YouTube um, and all the podcasts, as well as Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. There's a Divine Truth Sharing Facebook page. Um, so, Arto, if you would uh, put the Linktree link, then everybody can find me everywhere. That would be awesome. I would really appreciate that. And, of course, click and subscribe to keep the channel live. I did want to say on the YouTube channel, I made a core set of videos that are presenting my understanding of the truths that are contained in the Paget messages. I did that for people who maybe don't feel like reading all the messages, or maybe they're not able to read all the messages. And I also created um, podcasts from that same material. I have not created any new videos in quite some time, although I do have a couple that are percolating, and I hope they'll be popping soon. Um, but uh, that's what you'll find out there for right now. And I would love to hear from people too. You can also reach me directly with any questions at divine truth sharing at gmail.com. And um, I am available for coaching and spiritual direction and one to one guidance as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> so. Thanks again for coming and uh, I wish you the best blessings you could have and also wonderful guidance and, and greater happiness So and people to serve. So <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I wish the same for you. I know we both have the goal of reaching as many souls as we possibly can. True story. Yeah. So take care and thank you to everybody who listened. There is an opportunity for you to do your own research, to also read those uh, messages from Jesus and others, uh, which came through James Badgett. And so yeah, links are down below, so you can find them. So thank you and stay blessed. <laughs>